Hey guys, this is Durden from the Lifinity Discord. Today I'm going to be talking through part one of our tokenomics series. We're going to be releasing a six-part series on our tokenomics. And uh, we wanted to create um, a video for each one where we just talk through uh, the information in the article. Uh, we realized that some people don't like the text format very much and would much prefer to listen to someone talking about something. And that's why we're releasing um, this in both formats. People who like to read can check out our articles. Those who like to listen can watch this video or we'll also be releasing it in podcast form so you can uh, just download it on your favorite podcasting app. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy. So let's get started. So in designing our tokenomics, we had some goals. First of all, we wanted to achieve a wide distribution. We want lots of people to hold the Lifinity token. Second, we want to emit Lifinity in a way that creates permanent rather than temporary value. Um, we say this because many times we've seen protocols release their own tokens in ways that might temporarily create value um, in one way or another, but fails to do so in the long term. And therefore, the current holders get diluted um, without creating any additional value for the protocol. So we wanted to avoid that. And then thirdly, we want to properly align incentives. And basically, our goal in this is um, to figure out how long people are planning to hold their tokens. And if people are planning to long or are planning to hold for a longer time, then we want to uh, properly reward them for that. And uh, yeah, so it's important that we're able to differentiate be between short-term speculators and long-term holders. So when we were looking at what kind of mechanisms we could use to achieve these goals, uh, two protocols in particular stood out to us, and those are Olympus and Curve. They have very interesting mechanisms that are at the forefront of DeFi today. And we've tried to combine them in an interesting way. And we think we've come up with a novel mechanism that uh, combines to create something that's more than the sum of their parts. So just to give everyone a quick, quick rundown of the six parts that our articles will be composed of <clears throat> and what they'll be covering. In part one, which is what we'll be talking about in this video, we cover liquidity mining and protocol-owned liquidity. In part two, we cover token locking. This is how locking tokens enables us to align incentives and reward holders appropriately. In part three, we cover voting and bribing. Uh, here we'll cover how voters control emissions, which creates an additional source of income through bribing. Part four is about revenue, how we dynamically adjust LPs' share of trading fees, define market-making profit, and how we use our revenue. In part five, where we put it all together, uh, we'll talk about how Lifinity's components all fit together and how they compare to other protocols. And in our final part, which we're dubbing the VEIDO, we'll give the details of our token allocation how the VEIDO works, how we'll use the funds that we raise, 
and our roadmap. All right, so let's get into the meat of part one. So in DeFi, we have automated market makers or AMMs for short, and these need liquidity providers or LPs for short to provide them with assets that they can facilitate trades with. Now, this begs the question, what incentivizes these LPs to provide AMMs with their assets? Well, one reason is that AMMs charge trading fees and a share of those will be distributed to the LPs. But usually the trading fees are not sufficient to incentivize LPs to deposit their assets. So what AMMs do is this thing called liquidity mining. This is where if users provide their assets to the AMM, they get not only trading fees, but also um, assets, or I should say the asset of the AMM. So for example, uh, Radium is a large AMM on Solana and they have uh, various liquidity mining programs. So for example, take the Ray USDC trading pair. If they wanted to incentivize Ray USDC, then when users um, deposit Ray and USDC, then Radium will reward those users with more Ray tokens. <clears throat> and that is what liquidity mining is. In exchange for providing liquidity, you get more of the platform's tokens uh, or some other token. And yeah, so, and that makes it worth uh, depositing. And so the benefit of this model is that it can quickly bootstrap liquidity for tokens that have none. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty common to see this. When a new token is released for the first time, there is no liquidity. So how do they create liquidity? Well, they say, hey, please deposit our token with USDC, and then we'll reward you with more of our token. And so lots of people deposit, and then they quickly bootstrap liquidity, and those who did so get rewarded. So in that sense, it's great that it can bootstrap liquidity. However, it does have some significant downsides. Uh, the main one being that because they have to give these extra tokens to incentivize liquidity, it means that current token holders are going to get diluted because there's many new tokens being introduced into the circulating supply. And the other downside is the liquidity only lasts as long as people are getting rewarded so when a liquidity mining program ends, people will tend to withdraw all their liquidity because they're no longer being rewarded for providing it. And so basically this means you're just renting the liquidity as a protocol rather than uh, keeping it permanently. So it's not exactly a long-term solution for how to maintain liquidity for your token. So <clears throat> this is a dynamic that we're looking to avoid. Uh, one way we'll do so is that we'll use some portion of the funds that we raise in our IDO 
and we'll pair that with our LFNTY tokens. And so we'll have liquidity for our token from the start without having to introduce new tokens into the supply and dilute current holders. Um, and we will also not be doing liquidity mining for other trading pairs on our platform. So for example, right now we have a sole USDC pool on our platform, and it's common, for example, to incentivize people to provide liquidity for that by giving your platform's native token. So for example, LFNTY tokens. So you provide sole USDC liquidity and we reward you with LFNTY tokens. But we don't want to do that as that would um, ultimately not be beneficial for LFNTY holders. Um, in fact, we have a very different goal and that is to fully free ourselves from reliance on users to have to provide assets to our decks. Uh, we want to own the liquidity that we are going to be providing on our decks. And this is something that's quite new. It's not something that we've seen any, any other AMM or decks do before. Up until now, it's always the users who use a DEX to provide liquidity through them. But the DEX itself doesn't provide the liquidity itself. It doesn't own the assets, but we're trying to change that. So how are we going to do that? Well, there's this protocol called Olympus that we mentioned earlier, and they pioneered this concept called protocol-owned liquidity. And this is what we're going to be utilizing. So the basic idea behind this concept is um, it's a way for protocols to gradually accumulate liquidity for their protocol's native token. And the way they do this is they sell bonds of their token at a discount for LP tokens. So I think it'll be easier to understand if we just walk through an example. So on Solana, there is a protocol called Invictus that is similar to Olympus, and their native token is IN. So what they will do is they will, send, they will sell IN tokens at a discount and in the form of bonds for IN USDC LP tokens. So just to explain that a little bit more, the users will give the protocol IN USDC LP tokens, and that's where the protocol acquires the liquidity permanently. In exchange, the user gets IN tokens at a discount, but they unlock gradually over time. So they don't get access to them immediately, but little by little as time passes. So why is it in this form? Well, if there was no discount on the IN tokens, first of all, then the user would have no incentive to trade their IN USDC LP tokens for the IN tokens. They would basically just be the same value, so um, you, they could just do that on an exchange. So they have no incentive to do it, essentially. And that's why the discount is added. 
So then why do the IN tokens gradually unlock over time rather than being fully unlocked from the beginning? Well, if they are fully unlocked from the beginning, that would mean that people could trade in their IN USDC for IN tokens at a discount. And that means they could immediately sell their IN tokens on the market and, for example, create more IN USDC LP tokens, more than they started with. So it would basically be an arbitrage and the token price would suffer from that. So to make sure this arbitrage isn't possible, they make it so that the IN tokens gradually unlock over time. This means that when people make this trade, they need to take on price risk of IN. And so that's the trade-off. They get a discount, but they also have to take on this price risk. In any case, this is what enables the protocol to acquire liquidity for its tokens. So this concept might be a little bit confusing if you've heard it for the first time. We provide resources in the article that you can look into to get a, a fuller understanding of it. And yeah, we encourage you to do that because it'll be important to understand um, how Lifinity works. So Lifinity won't work the exact same way as Olympus or Invictus, but there will be similarities. So first of all, we're not going to look to own liquidity just for our own token, LFNTY, but we also want to own liquidity for every token pair that we're going to be providing liquidity for. So I mean token pairs like SolUSDC or uh, Sol MSOL and all the rest. And this is what makes us very different from other AMMs, which, as I explained earlier, do not own their own liquidity, but rely on users to provide that liquidity. So how are we going to achieve this? Uh, well, to explain that first, I'm going to need to give a basic explanation of another um, token called VE Lifinity or VE LFNTY or vote escrowed LFNTY. Uh, this is so this this um, VE prefix to tokens. You might have seen it around. It comes from um, Curve, which is the other protocol I mentioned near the beginning, and uh, basically it just means locked. You can just think of it as locked Lifinity. So VE Lifinity contains Lifinity and that Lifinity it contains gradually unlocks over time. Okay, so back to how we acquire the liquidity, what we are going to do is we're going to sell discounted LFNTY tokens as VE LFNTY tokens. And we're going to sell those in exchange for LP tokens of token pairs that we provide liquidity for. So just to give an example, a user would be able to give us sole USDC LP tokens, and in exchange, we would give them discounted VE LFNTY. So basically it's very 
similar to what Olympus is doing. Except one, instead of using bonds, we're using VE tokens. And two, we're doing it not just for our own tech our own token, but also for the token pairs that we want to provide liquidity for as a DEX. So what does this mechanism accomplish exactly? <clears throat> well, users, when they exchange their LP tokens for VE LFNTY, they increase their share of ownership over the protocol and the profit it generates. Um, VE LFNTY holders will get access to the protocol's revenue. We'll explain this more in part four. And on the other hand, the protocol obtains assets that it can put to work and earn revenue with. And just so it's clear, when users create LP tokens by providing assets to the DEX, they can also just hold on to their LP tokens. They aren't required to exchange their LP tokens for VE Lefinity. That is optional. And also, I should mention, um, <clears throat> when you exchange, for example, SolUSDC for LP tokens, you can reverse that exchange. You can send your LP tokens to the exchange, or Lefinity, and then Lefinity will give you back Sol and USDC. However, when you send LP tokens to Lefinity in exchange for VE Lefinity, this exchange is not reversible. You can't send VE Lefinity to Lefinity and get LP tokens back. This is a one-way exchange. So what's really cool about this design is that while users have to give up their assets, the LP tokens, to get VE Lefinity, those assets they, they give to the protocol will always be used to generate revenue that, one, will be distributed back to VE Lefinity holders, and also they will be used to buy back LFNTY tokens or in other words, to increase the value of the tokens that are locked within the VE Lefinity. So put differently, the, when Lefinity acquires liquidity, it benefits all VE Lefinity holders. So every new LFNTY token we introduce into the circu circulating supply will serve existing VE Lefinity holders. Often, for example, with liquidity mining, it benefits just a few people, the people providing liquidity, while for those who are not, it just dilutes their tokens and creates sell pressure from the new tokens being introduced into the supply. But this model is able to avoid all that. And additionally, normally a DEX has to give up most of its trading fees to the LPs. This is, of course, part of how they incentivize the LPs to provide liquidity on their platform. But in our case, since we will own the liquidity, we won't need to give up the trading fees to those LPs. 
or to put it differently, we are our own LP. And so we get to keep all the trading fees instead of taking a very small cut. And so as a result, this means our protocol will be much more profitable. Additionally, by owning our own liquidity, Lefinity becomes very hard to fork. Anyone can copy the code that underlies Lefinity, but not the liquidity. Lefinity can amass a large amount of liquidity and if other users fork us, they will also need to do the same. They'll need to find users to give them all that liquidity to provide an equal level of liquidity to the market um, and be able to earn trading fees that way. So ultimately, this extension of protocol-owned liquidity, it'll make Lefinity self-sustainable. Um, it'll be able to generate its own revenue using its own assets rather than having to rely on LPs to deposit their assets onto the platform and then only take a small cut of the trading fees that those generate. So that's it for part one. And many of you might have questions, understandably, but uh, there's many more parts to our tokenomics and yeah, we couldn't fit it in just a single article. So we'll have future parts. If you have any questions, we'll be happy to answer them in our Discord. So please join us there. Um, and once again, we'll be releasing um, this in a, on YouTube and also as a podcast form. So yeah, we'll release the links in our Discord and also on Twitter. Well, I guess if you're watching this, you already know. But yeah, <laughs> if you... If you want the uh, link to the podcast, just check there. So yeah, thanks for listening. And until the next article, cheers.